0: Welcome to For the Love of Safety, the show for you health and safety professionals out there, where hosts Justin and Jed talk about their experiences in this fun,
1: frustrating, and rewarding field of occupational health and safety. Let's get to it. So let's uh, let's just dive right into this is, you know, leadership involvement and safety and does leadership involvement equal a safer program? I think that in this particular case, maybe you should start us out a little bit because I think you're you're really feeling, feeling that right now in your professional life, Jed. I am. I am, absolutely, because this is year end or year beginning,
0: however you want to look at that. And so we as safety professionals, often many of us have a period of time where we set our leadership down. We set our, whether that's field, whether that's you know, whatever the situation is professionally, we set our leaders down and we look at last year's performance and we talk about where we want to go. We talk about what we did achieve, what we didn't achieve, why we either did or did not do what we said we were going to do. And you get the, you know, nine people in the room, nine different opinions. And so what I have a hard time with, with this question, does leadership involvement equal a safer program? Is typically understanding and alignment. I'm leaning on them as leaders to certainly understand where we're coming from as safety professionals in helping them manage and orchestrate these businesses to have safer, truly safer programs. But I'm also leaning on them to provide alignment. And I think a big struggle that I have specifically right now is you want to answer this question, does leadership involvement equal a safer program? Yes and no. And I think it comes down to the type of leadership involvement or what do they think being involved in safety or the safety program what does that mean and what actually translates to the people and the programs and the things that we have in place those could be extremely parallel and work out wonderfully and those can be quite frankly going in opposite
1: directions and that's a yeah. struggle that is a real struggle yeah and you know the the, the alignment part of it um, I think goes hand in hand with that understanding. Um, if the, a lot agree. of times, yeah, a lot of times leaders, they'll, they'll, the heart, the heart will be in the right place, but they might necess- not necessarily, um, they have this vision of what they want to do. And the ones that don't rely on the health and safety professionals that are there, I think is, is when you, we kind of see that no part, because when the leadership is at odds, if you're trying to, to do something, if you, you kind of see the day-to-day interactions, you know, where you want to take it. And the leader has has his own mindset or his or her own mindset of where they want to go. And when that doesn't align with what you're doing, it causes massive confusion on the floor. And I've seen that a lot where, you know, mm-hmm. the workers, they're, they're getting um, comments from from the higher ups and from their leaders about what to do something. And then you walk out and you tell them something completely opposite. And that has an incredibly detrimental effect, which takes years to correct itself. Um, and if you look at, at why you don't have that alignment, it's typically because they're relying on their own understanding instead of um, relying on counsel from you as their health and safety professional. Mm. If when, when leadership trust their health and safety, when they, when they seek that knowledge, that professionalism, and then they come to an agreement with that health and safety professional, then the message that's coming down from the top and the message that's kind of coming on the floor, exactly the same. That's when you get this harmony It just sings, sings. Um, and I've had that one time, (laughs) one time (laughs) in my career. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it's hard, it's hard to really get specific because of, You know, I really don't want to call out one of the companies, Um, but I I just I remember vividly seeing this message come out. That was exactly what what I had talked to the the um, the the manager about and then walking down on the floor and going with it. You could tell like the people were energized. The workers on the floor were energized because their their big boss is saying one thing. The EHS office is coming down and helping them and they just they feel like that they're they're being taken care of. Um, mm-hmm. And I got to see the exact opposite opposite of that six months later, <laughs> when we had a leadership change, and we had a a manager that was saying one thing that I didn't know about. I walk out on the floor, and it's completely different. They're like, "Oh well, you know what? You know what, Justin? We're just going to stop work, and we're just going to wait for you and that dude to figure it out." <laughs> and come up, let us. Yeah, know. which
0: does not help anybody no. because one thing. And you, you really don't want this. I mean, obviously, we we have specific examples, probably potentially even know the individual that we're talking about here. <laughs> but but the point of the matter is we don't want to do that to our leadership and we don't want safety treated in that way. You know, we it, it is a waste of time to have to have that conversation. It makes us look foolish. It makes leadership look like they're not know what they're doing. And that's why the alignment part is so important. And you said one word. That I continually try to respectfully, professionally, as best as I can, but try to beat into the heads of my leadership. And sometimes calling them to the carpet uh, and, and in a frank way, that word trust, because that's what I need out of them. And that's what they need out of me. Now, why I need it out of them, I think specifically revolves around their responsibility as leadership. If they set the tone... And if they from the very top say, no, we are going to look at matters of potentiality and they might not have those categories to let it roll off the tongue like we do. That's a part of the reason why we're hired and we try to create programs and, and just easy day to day changes that the workers can utilize. But if they are speaking the same knowledge in the same language, that alignment is going to be there. And when it's not, two things are going to happen. One of what you just said or the second one, which I think I would rather have somebody be brash and think this is this is the way it's got to be. At least I can deal with that person. The other side, I think the more dangerous side is they think they understand. They think they know what's going on and they end up taking a very simple concept and blowing it out of proportion or maybe another side of this coin on the bad side. They get to a point where the trust is gone because they've micromanaged the situation yeah. where you're not trusting your people to provide that input so that ultimately, honestly, this is, this is what I think a leader comes down to, especially for health and safety. We are there to help them make informed business decisions. We can make those things, but that's what our leadership is supposed to do. And I want you to do it from an informed perspective. There's meaning and intent behind why we're telling you to do those things. And if you micromanage that or twist that and it changes down onto the floor or out in the field, that trust element is obliterated. It's gone. That's the I think that's the hardest thing when I want to answer, does leadership involvement
1: equal a safer program? If it's like that, the answer is no. <laughs> no, you, you're absolutely right. And and from a leadership point, um, when I was when I was kind of doing all of Textron systems um, and you know, trying to help those leaders in those different spots, it, it really came down to something that, you know, a lesson I'll never forget, which is it's okay, as long as it doesn't affect the business, it's okay to let someone fail. And a lot of the times leaders, they don't want you to fail. Uh, Sometimes it's because it could affect your career. You know, unfortunately, most of the time it's because it can affect them in some way or embarrass them. And that's kind of where I see that that trust begin to erode is, is if when you when you talk to the leader and they disagree with your standpoint for one reason or another, instead of continuing to have that discussion and come to some sort of alignment, they just dismiss you. Um, And you know, it's okay not to agree with your leader. It's okay to have a different opinion. It's not okay not to have that discussion so that at least you know what they're going to do. So you don't walk out on the floor or go to implement something and have it just you know, completely not work. And I've had, I've had leaders on on both sides of it. So I've had experience with the type of leader that will sit you down and explain their decision, even when it's not what you want it to be. And that you know, describing why it's, it, it's, it won't work in the grand scheme of things. Walking away from those meetings, still, you know, disagreeing, but being okay with it, because ultimately it is, that it was that person's decision. And I kind of towed the line for a little bit uh, where where that it gets not OK is when what they're asking to do is wrong. And unfortunately, I've had that happen before, not with this particular leader, but where I disagreed, but not because, you know, I I, I was trying to try to implement something, but because what they were asking uh, was not right. I'm not going to say mm. illegal. I'm not going to say immoral. I just knew it was wrong, and we'll leave it mm-hmm. at that. Um, that decision sure. never set well with me. And as health and safety professionals, you have to know when it's time to walk away. And sometimes the the way that a business is, and the way that a leader is, um, you you're not going to be able to reconcile that. And. If you're put in a compromised position where your credibility, your reputation, and your credentials could possibly be impacted by that decision, you need to distance yourself from it. And you sure. need to probably find something else.
0: But Which uh, is a hard,
1: hard thing to say, and even, I yeah. think, a harder thing than to do. Yes, it is incredibly difficult, and it's not uh, it's not always a fun solution. Um, some people wait it out. Uh, I knew somebody who who literally said the words, um, I looked at that person and knew that they weren't going to be there for more than five years. So I just waited until they left. And I don't know if I could do that as, as, as myself. Um, but I do want to want to like get into, well, how do we correct that? You know, we're sitting here telling, telling folks the problems that we see and the issues with with the way that leadership does one way or the other but i I do want to make sure that we cover some of some of the things that we found that were successful Uh, with that too to kind of change that behavior yeah because that's the other side of this coin yeah is okay that's great so what have you guys done what (laughs) so i i think for me um the the only thing that i've ever seen a way to correct that is is to have a one-on-one frank discussion with that individual and sometimes that can be uncomfortable but if you don't say anything you know you just nothing is ever going to change Um, and of the of the four or five times that i've done that i can remember one time that that didn't go very well all the other times the individual was kind of surprised like oh well i didn't realize i was just trying to help or oh um, i didn't know that you felt so passionately about that let's discuss it or oh i didn't think about it like that you're right i'm sorry Um, like I said, there's only one time where the person said, I don't care. This is what we're doing. So, (laughs) you know, talk, I think talking to these people and they were all human, you know, we're all and typically they're, they're trying to do the right thing. Um, what about you, Jed? Is there, what have you done, um, in your career to kind of help offset some of those problems?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I, I could I could put somebody to sleep on this topic, <laughs> uh, hopefully for the best of reasons. On how I said, certainly in our prologue material, I think what what we certainly both agree on is that our profession is aimed at helping people at the end of the day. And so, what you said about having a one on one is something that cannot be stated enough that you take the time, whether that's the general manager, whether that's uh, some intermediate vice president or some kind of a manager, whoever this person is that you need to, I wouldn't even say get through, but legitimately get to. You need them to understand and be able to utilize their position and their sphere of influence and their their abilities to steer people. You need to get them to understand these things. Having the one-on-one is important. And I would say to add to that or what I've also done, not just setting somebody down, you really need to understand how I feel about this. You really need to understand X, Y, and Z. Because I agree. That's where we what we need to do or part of what we need to do. But if you have that person who maybe doesn't necessarily want to do what you know is right or doesn't have any interest in wanting to make some of these major changes that, that we see as health and safety professionals – I think there is credence in weighing a little bit of the storm. And what I mean by that is a part of, I think, how you build trust, especially with a senior leader, is you're willing to play the game a little bit to the degree that you don't jeopardize your profession. You don't jeopardize who you are as a person. You remain ethical. You remain moral. But you're building essentially for the lack of a better word a data set to say here are all the things that this particular this particular problem is coming out with i think it is amazingly beneficial to come to the table having played the game a little bit to say here's what you thought was happening all this time and maybe this is just a part of a good one on one but i just i think it's i think for us it's a missed opportunity to show them just how much of what we can do just how much that we as health and safety professionals span when a given business to show them how all these things connect and why we're saying the things that we are. That was one of the most instrumental things with where I'm at right now, where the perception was we're a safe company. We haven't killed anybody. Our rates are quote unquote good. Knowing full well, knowing me looking into the situation, you're not even close to where number one, you think you are or number two, where you need to be. And I spent a lot of time, a lot of time basically eating some of the things that I wanted to say so that I could take the time to get to know all these people that were connected to this this particular issue that I'm having so that I could bring to the table a whole level of understanding that they weren't seeing. And if we don't do that, if we're not willing to do that, that's a missed opportunity. I think it's a missed opportunity because what, what a leader needs to ultimately see is the objective. And if they have some subjective view of what they think is going on, The very least thing you can do for them and the best thing you can do for them is to be honest. Now, I said calling to the carpet earlier. Maybe it doesn't have to be that frank. That's personally just part of my personality, but. um, (laughs) Yes, it is. But that's maybe, Maybe at times, yeah, maybe at times I, I lean on the direct too much. But you cannot let go of building up, building up a cache of, of experiences and knowledge and understanding of the situation to then bring to that one-on-one to say, here is the objective view on this. You might think X, Y, and Z is happening. But if, you, if that person is under some twisted, warped perception of where they think they are, and you know that, you have to, you have the responsibility to lay down the objective, to lay down the fundamental. Because as you said earlier… It could be a person that says, wow, I didn't realize that. It might not be a bad leader. It just might be a misinformed leader. And, and those yes. two, I think, are completely separate.
1: Yeah. And you brought up something that I think um, is often overlooked as well is, um, you know, a, a lot of times, a lot of the safety professionals, we get into this mindset of just compliance and we forget about the business. And if there's any way that you want to get a leader to stop listening to you is when you forget that it's a business and Hmm. you have to know how to talk to them and you have to you have to take what you want to do and put it into their business model so not only do they understand it better but that they're more apt to listen to you because you're not just a safety guy you're not just an industrial hygienist you know how the business works you know where the money comes from you know how the products are made and it gives you a lot more, in their eyes, they look at you and they, they see somebody who, who understands and they're more apt to listen to you. They really are. Um, it's one of the things that I've really purposely strived to do in my career is to understand the way that the business works. So when I go to my leaders and I say, we need to do this, I can tell them how it's going to impact the overhead, how it's going to you know impact the, the products. And they, they tend to listen to that.
0: Yeah. And, and, and to add on that, what that really is, the word that describes that, and it's something that, that I certainly try, strive for, and I have examples to this, is is being a person who takes initiative because that also sets up something something uh, uh, beautiful to a leader. Nobody in my current organization, my the current company I work for right now, uh, basically the, the whole, every project that we do revolves around the bid, how they bid the job. That has everything from the equipment to the labor to all the overhead. I mean, all that's factored into what comes out at the end as here is the dollar value of what this job is going to be done for. And then they build their schedules off the bid and then they work the job off the schedule, which is based on the bid. So there is a fundamental understanding that has to be had of this bid. Well, no one was telling me that when I got there. It was just like, well, we want to be safer, so go make us safer. Well, you know how you really do that and bringing this in on the one-on-one and the thing that you just said? Take the initiative to try to understand how this business operates. Where does the money come from? How are these things set up? I might not have all all the answers, and I certainly don't have all the understanding of the business I work for, but take the initiative. As a safety professional to understand those things, because not only will you impress your leader, but then you really set yourself up to perhaps even go the next step to really start connecting the dots to make to make the safety program actually safe. And then that comes back as a feedback to wanting the leadership involvement, to having them involved the right ways based on the right understanding.
1: Yeah, and it, it does it with the workers, too. I mean, when you go into a, an environment and you you're trying to get them to change their behavior, no one's going to listen to you if you walk in with a freaking pair of safety glasses, throw it at it and say, here the the losses. You have to have it on. And yeah, it's not going to work. No one's going to listen to you. Watch them work. See what no. they're doing. See where the risks are. It's the same thing with the business. Watch the business. And oh, by the way, one of the best things about getting to learn how the business operates is being able to have a better understanding of where your ideas sit in there and, uh, Understanding the budget was one of the most uh, (laughs) was one of the the best things I ever did because I don't know if you you remember. But we always had money to do do what we needed to do because I understood where the budget came in. I knew where I could cut things. I knew where I could move things around. I knew how to prioritize things. I knew how to go to the leaders and show them that, hey, look, if we spend this money, this is what our return on investment our ROI is going to be. You know, safety day. That was a perfect example of it. I convinced a bunch of leaders to let me spend a few thousand dollars every year to freaking throw a party. (laughs) And it was great you know we right. brought in outside uh, we brought in outside um uh, we couldn't call them vendors what did i call them uh, consultants or so, i can't remember i i didn't want to call them vendors they were like
0: partners i can't yeah, remember
1: maybe it was partners um, but we had you know had the maryland zoo there we had the chesapeake bay foundation and it was it was so awesome and i remember the leader at the time coming up to me and saying you know this is amazing i can't believe that you figured out you know how to make all this happen and Um, I said, you know, it's actually, thanks to you, you forced me to go to all these budget meetings. You forced me to go to all this stuff with an integrated supply chain. And I learned how everything comes together. And by doing that, it makes you a better Mm -hmm. safety professional. And it also makes you very successful at convincing leaderships most of the time. (laughs) Most of the time.
0: Yeah, you can convince them. But there's also, there's always going to be, if you're, if you're humble enough, I think, and if you're honest enough, you're always going to get some criticism or at least, the very least, a litmus test of how your ideas, the presentation of your ideas, the depth of understanding of your own ideas, how they are being perceived. And perhaps, just maybe, given the fact that we're all human here, just maybe, maybe the leader's not the problem. <laughs> perhaps it's the, the conceptualization yeah of your idea. Maybe it's the presentation of your idea. I can give you an honest, especially now the position that I'm in, I am in. I have a tendency, perhaps a character flaw, to push too hard, too fast. And the frustration I get or the frustration I've come to realize, not in all cases, but as we are talking about leadership involvement here, it's how I involve them, not necessarily how they involve me. They already have me involved. And just as a just as a call out to anybody listening to this episode and for us, sometimes the problem is not our leaders. Sometimes it's just how we present the ideas and how we how we conceptualize those things to other people. Even then, obviously, most well, just as importantly, I should say, those frontline workers. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, And, you know, just kind of as a side to that, too, it's not only is it important to understand the business, but it's very important to learn how to take feedback and to seek that out as well. You've, you know, where none of us are perfect, all of us need to grow. And uh, I've also found in my career that you have to pull that information. And typically the only time that you don't have to pull it is when something has been messed up so stupendously that they have to give it to you um, and not in a good way. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if yeah. you remember this or not, but I, I used to do, or I still do, I do quarterly assessments with all of my folks. And we sit down and I go sure. over everything that, that they did well, that I thought they did well, give them a chance to tell me what they did well. Um, we go over any areas of improvement I see, go over any areas of improvement that they see, and then the rest of the meeting um, is theirs. And I I take an hour time, I block it off, I don't answer my phone, I don't answer my emails, turn my computers off, it's just that one-on-one conversation. And I ask prior to that meeting for open and honest feedback because I am not perfect. And there's nothing worse than having somebody look at you saying, yep, nothing's wrong, when as a matter of fact, there is. So not only do you need to be open to that feedback, but you need to try to pull that information out of people. And I, I, I really do like what you said. Even though we we can get very frustrated with leaders, communication's two ways, and we need to make sure yes. that that both sides are doing it. Um, but uh, you know, the I, I guess the light at the end of the tunnel is the effort into doing all this is when it clicks. Man, is it mm-hmm. is it awesome? And you you just is rich. yeah, you grow by your program grows by leaps and bounds, and it's. It's, it's awesome. You have all this credibility from not only leaders, but from the people on the floor. And when you start to, to try to roll things out or change things, everybody is receptive to it. Um, it's great because you've already done your homework. You've already sat down with your leaders. You already have your leadership buy-in. Now you're just trying to implement it. And you know that if there's any pushback, and there's always pushback from the floor, there's always at least sure at least 5% that are going to go, this dude's nuts. But when you mm-hmm. have your upper level management, there to kind of back you up, and have have that understanding, and that alignment. Um, you know the the workers tend to come back and and things. things yeah, that's work where the out. magic happens. It is as long as you don't go and you know, told you so. Don't want to ever do that. <laughs> Just smile and graciously yeah. say thank you, <laughs> even if you know even and, if that is the case.
0: Yeah, and, and, and you know what? Oftentimes it is, and I, I the amount of I told you so moments that I think any good health and safety professional has in a given year is probably plentiful. Whether that's an individual worker, when you're talking about following some kind of protocol or policy and then they don't do that and then something happens, heaven forbid, or all the way up to programmatically, annually, our rates are terrible. We shouldn't be here. We should have something in place for this. Remember that thing I talked to you about a year ago? (laughs) Yeah. So yes, I- <laughs> it is never helpful. Nobody wants to hear that. But we also I think need to be bold enough to to if we get to that point to say, I know exactly what you're talking about. XYZ manager or general manager, whoever it is, I know what you're talking about. I'm there too. And I hate to say this, but I've seen it happen now multiple times. And I'm not saying you just have to cower to this or this is the this is the rule, but and you probably you've probably experienced this too, Justin. Sometimes it's as easy as Maybe it's frustrating that it's taken that long to get there or there's there's a told you so moments. But my goodness, as soon as they regurgitate as their idea, the thing that you have been trying to tell them, <laughs> the amount <laughs> and speed of the change is phenomenal. And if we're really concerned about helping people, everybody likes the attaboys, the pat on the back. But I think we can all perhaps maybe work to let a little bit of that go if we're actually seeing those changes. And so, you yeah. know. Maybe it takes a week. Maybe it takes six months. Maybe it takes a year. If that leader then says, I have an idea and it's the exact thing you told them in the past. <laughs> look, if you're making you're making that progress, I think in time you're going to chip away at that because now they are actually starting to be involved in the best of yeah. ways.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I like what you said is, is maybe six months, maybe a year down the road. Here's the thing. Um, and I don't want to harp too much on it but if you know that's the right thing to do and maybe the leaders like, "Yeah, maybe maybe not right now." You better have all your ducks in a row and just have that set off to the side cuz patience will pay off because when it does happen, if you're sitting there trying to remember exactly what you wanted to do, it it, the rollout will be horrible because to your point, if the leader's like, yeah, we're going to do this. This was my great idea. Yeah, Justin's got it. He's going to lead it. And I just stand there and go, um, yeah, I wasn't prepared for that. Sorry, I'm going to need another another few months. You've missed that opportunity. So you better make sure yes. that when you have yes. these ideas, you have everything lined out. You have that folder on your drive. You have the folder in your fo- wherever, write it on your, well, don't write it in your hand. Hopefully you don't have something on your hand for a month. You should be washing more than that. <laughs> But you, <laughs> you, want, you want to make sure that you are ready to go with that idea. So stash it away. Um, I can't emphasize that enough. Don't miss that opportunity when it actually happens. And typically it does. It just takes a little bit. Um, and you're right, Jed. It can be really frustrating to see all your hard work, have somebody else take credit for it. I have never found that go, that, that that's by accident. But to your point, what is the goal? Is a goal for the workers or is a goal for your career? And it should be for the workers. That's why we're in this. And sometimes yes. you just have to swallow that pride, smile, and you know the truth. And believe me, everybody on that floor knows the truth, too. <laughs> you won't have to tell them who came up with the idea because they'll know. <laughs> they'll know where he got the where that person got the idea from.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to steal this from, you know, one of our one of our great presidents. But uh, Eisen I believe it was Eisenhower, was quoted. Something to the effect of plans are worthless, but planning is everything. Mm -hmm. To Justin's point, you know, if if the leader says, "Yep, let's do this," or and that might happen in that one-on-one. And again, what you just said rings true. Be ready, be prepared. That plan, as you had it six months ago, it might look a little different now. But if you're not continually planning, if you're not continually trying to drive it forward, you are going to be lost. Your implementation, as you said, is going to suck. It's not going to be received well. So, you know, we can get, I think, so you know, maybe this is me lifting up the veil a bit on just on me, have all these great ideas for these plans and then realize that you need to change something with it all the time. But yeah. if we're not in continually ingrained in this process of trying to plan for the next day, whatever what's coming up, then why should a leader listen to
1: you? I mean, quite frankly. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, uh, I don't know if this is a good time to plug or not, but I would love to hear from anybody who's listening, uh, some of the experiences that they've had or some of the things that they found that work. I'd be very curious to see, um, you know, outside of our experiences, what else people have had. So I guess don't forget to send that to our email, which is for the love of safety and the number four love of safety at gmail.com. Um, I'd love to see what, uh, what folks come up with.
0: Yeah, because Some of the experience that Justin and I have are really our experiences. We've had some of those at the same organization at the same time. And to to hear, hopefully, just who else has dealt with what else and specifically in what way, I would hope that that would make us better, especially if there's something in there that can really, or something that somebody has found that can really speed this process up and, and, and help health and safety professionals get their leaders involved that much quicker, that much more effective or effectively. Completely agree. I think to sum this episode up, as we talk about leadership involvement, does leadership involvement equal a safer program? The answer to the question is yes. It comes down to how they are involved and what they are involved with. That task is up to us as health and safety professionals. We have to be the ones that constantly plan for and try to figure out by understanding the people, understanding the business, Understanding how these things work so that we can implement what we know to be true by protecting people, protecting health, but doing so in such a way that we, again, working with people, our leaders are people. Sometimes that means taking criticism, sometimes that means taking feedback. I think it always means taking feedback, but we have to stand the ground to say, this is what we need to do because we know that it's right. And we know that we've based on our professionalism, on our experiences, on our knowledge on our ability to understand the business, here's what I'm telling you. And then once you have their buy-in, I think the rest, for the lack of a better phrase, is smooth sailing.
1: Yes, I completely agree. And I and I, I love how we kind of started out with, with maybe, and I think we both kind of came to, yes, we just have to make sure that we corral that energy and that we communicate constantly. And I, I really hope that that this helps folks and this helps them give some ideas and maybe get somebody out of a tough spot that they're that they're stuck in.
0: Rocket yeah, fuel can. is great, Justin. Rocket fuel sends ships to other planets, but it does us no good if it's not directed. It will just result in an awful explosion. That's our leaders if they are
1: not directed in health and safety. And that is a great ending to this episode. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We look forward to, to our next discussion.
0: Absolutely. And there you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in to For the Love of Safety. You may always reach out to either Justin or Jed by email at safety at gmail.com. That's the number four, theloveofsafety at gmail.com. Health and safety is fun. It's frustrating, but it is so rewarding. We'll see you again soon here at For the Love of Safety.